Hello, welcome to another fine edition of Chopped Greens. I am your host, Philip Amrine. You know what? I had a I had a very witty open, um, but I'm just not going to use it anymore. You know what? I, I it was involving an ocean. It was involving our ocean of emotions. I think that there are songs written about such things. But you know what, David Hoffman, I'm not going to go there anymore. I'm just I'm, I've had it with this 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 ocean betwixt us, and I I say no more. I'm moving into your house tomorrow. What do you say? Yeah, sounds great. Yeah, just refuse to acknowledge the ocean altogether. How about yeah, that? Yeah, I'm going to stick my nose, not in it, but above it. And Who needs it? Yeah, you know what? Who needs, Who needs it? aqua? Aqua, crystal blue water. All right. Uh, speaking of aqua and vibrant ocean tones, this week, you and me, David Hoffman, we... Oh, we flambéed and we moved our little tushies to the beat of prom. Not just any prom, the prom. Netflix's own production of the prom, featuring a couple of prominent actors, uh, directed, of course, by Ryan Murphy. But it, it stars Meryl Streep, James Corden, Nicole Kidman, Kerry Washington, I didn't realize, was in this film. Keegan-Michael Key, of course, is in it as well. And uh, if you're into the Broadway theater art district scene, of course, there are little nuggets. I know myself, I I utterly enjoyed seeing Kevin Chamberlain in the film. And uh, I believe uh, Joe Ellen Pellman playing, uh, well, I would call the main character, but... I think Meryl Streep takes that that title, uh, but she plays Emma Nolan, does Joe Ellen. Um, so, yeah, we, we've got a lot to uncover here, uh, David. Yeah, for sure. He, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I guess let's start off with what I would say is probably the film's strongest point, uh, at least for me. I'll, I'll say strictly in my own personal preference and, and what have you. The color scheme for this film is is quite strong but quite enjoyable and and it's consistent throughout even in ways that I didn't think possible. I know that they did a number within a a, a house which is a house in Indiana, mind you, and the, and the color scheme invades that 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 place too. Um but obviously throughout the prom, throughout when we visit New York in the beginning of the film in the the original setting of the film where we meet the the original Broadway stars, um quote unquote. Uh there's this there's, there's this vibrant color scheme, which, how would you describe it, David? I, I have a specific way that I would... I would, I actually, I have, a, I, I would describe it as Rainbow Broadway. Ooh, that's a good one. That is a good one, yes. Yeah, I, I, I wrote that down very early in the film. It, they, it's, it's almost like they thought, very literally, this is a movie about the LGBTQ community <laughs> and about Broadway stars. And they smush the two together, and and it's pretty in your face in that way. And whether you like that or not, I don't know. But I will say the some of the lighting tricks and and the way they make sort of they make the movie feel like like a live stage production. Yeah, is is very cool. I'll, that again, also I I agree with you. A very big strong point of the film for me oh well. yeah absolutely for me uh i i've mixed it as miami vice meets rio that's that's kind of the uh, color scheme i thought it resembled <laughs> and okay. yeah and uh it's it's certainly strong it permeates throughout the entire film again just like you said to piggyback off of what you you uh just uh said 
it, it is very, uh, it's very in your face. But that kind of feels like the entire film. The entire film is unapologetically in your face, for better or for worse. Unapologetically is exactly yes, right. yes, and um, and I would even go so far as to say that it is, it is, uh, I don't know. It, it it just it does it does a lot that is very very bold as we like to say um but it is it it certainly it gets it gets some things right and and the biggest thing i think is the color scheme the color scheme adds an identity to this film that i think is otherwise missing this this film is very much i think when i think back on this film if ever whenever i will actually remember the colors and the the vibrant scenes that this film had placed upon all the actors and and within the 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 loving lens of the film I will remember that more than I will remember a lot else. You, David? Yeah, absolutely. And it carries through all... Oh, yeah. Well, most most of the departments, you know, that went into making this film. Certainly. Cost, costumes, makeup, lighting, you know, maybe even acting. <laughs> it's... Uh, <laughs> yeah, they colorful did a good acting, job of that. you would we, think? Yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't you? I mean... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it, and that's a good, you know... Jumping board to uh, get into the regular thoughts. So the costumes, the costumes were kind of all over the place. While they were somewhat, this is the first film that I felt like there were a lot of blending of ideas that didn't necessarily seem to work for uh, the majority of the film because. While on the one hand we don't have really strong rural Indiana. Uh, thoughts like it, it since it's set in modern day and since on the whole on the in the world as a whole we're kind of more all among the same fashion sense because of networking because of social media and everything we're all kind of more game to everything but even within that indiana kind of felt semi-modern and so therefore when we go to the broadway stars and and the chic new wardrobes that they possessed or supposedly possessed it wasn't as drastic of a change as i thought it it normally was is in in former movies that i've seen this this juxtaposition between the two styles it wasn't as drastic as i'd seen before and that doesn't take away from it for me but it it just didn't it didn't seem as drastic or as shocking as i think it 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 assumed or wanted to be Perhaps, perhaps that's the case. I I think that this movie was really targeting, because when a movie has Meryl Streep in it, it may well, you know, you can expect that it, it very well could end up being nominated for Best Picture. Oh, yeah. It's, it almost seems like, but um, you can see, you could kind of get the sense that this movie was targeting certain Oscar categories, because it is an Oscar bait film, even though it, it doesn't really have the same nuance that some other films that we've seen in the past uh, month and a half but um it is it is an oscar bait film but they're, they're certainly targeting certain categories uh namely uh, best original song sure and certainly certainly the costumes as well whether it wins or not that that remains to be seen but it almost certainly will get a nomination in my mind and and per- potentially makeup, but it might be one of those yeah. scenarios. I don't know if you remember, for example, a few years ago, Suicide Squad winning best uh, makeup right. and hairstyling, and and people were outraged because I think it was one of the Star Trek movies. We w- came out the same year, and there were just insane 
beautiful, amazing prosthetics oh, done right, in, that, in right. that movie. And then and then the <laughs> Suicide Squad wins for best makeup and hairstyling. So, but but regardless of that, this feels like a movie that it could end up in that category. But but my point is, I guess that they definitely. It feels like they're targeting certain categories at the Oscars and not necessarily going for gold with the best picture or um, or anything like that. Oh, s- certainly, certainly. I, I actually uh, agree with, with most of your points, especially on what they're aspiring to win. Um, if we're going to have a separate side discussion on what the Oscars could uh, announce or have, uh, it's always hard for me to envision a, a film that doesn't, really go out of uh, the normal comfort zone. That's why I think fa- a lot of fantastical and fantasy genre movies uh, really usually win, you know, best costumes, best hair, hair and makeup, uh, a lot of those, because obviously of the ability of prosthetics and, and everything else that that's needed for those, as opposed to something even as true as it might feel and seem in certain scenes, uh, it doesn't necessarily, um, doesn't necessarily seem as big of an achievement as it would for, let's say, the most famous one would probably be Lord of right. the Rings, where you're making a hundred I mean, people look like orcs I'm not saying that in it, a, their it, own it civilization. or so, should win. Uh, I don't know nearly enough about makeup or, or costumes or anything, but it feels like it'll get a nomination. Right. Whether it'll win, uh, I, I really don't know. But um, probably not. I, I don't know. <laughs> Right, right. Uh, probably not. Um, as uh, it's it's really hard to see a lot of the technical aspects in this because again, it's it's supposed to feel like a modern day film. It's very supposed to be normal people, uh, just in a musical, and so therefore, a lot of the technical right. aspects to me didn't really rush through to the to the front. The only one being uh, the 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 tone and color scheme of of the entire film, which is again prominent throughout and and definitely to your point deserves a a, a nom i would think it, because again because whenever you sign meryl streep right there's a sort of prestige attached along with that you you kind of she's such a big star in her own in her own thing that of course more eyes are averted to her uh, critically um than than would otherwise normally be especially even something like this film which i think outside of her would not merit as much of attention as it did or does. Um, and that um, that kind of leaves me out of my general uh, techniques and, and technicalities within Technical the film. Aspects? Do you have any others that you would you, that you thought I, were noteworthy? Is it yeah does it technically count to say the dance choreography? I was gonna get to that at some stage because you know, I I was yeah. Let, let's move. move I was just thinking dance that. Yeah, go ahead. Let's let's go ahead and open up that, that Pandora box. There. I thought the dance was, or into music perhaps. I thought the dance numbers I, were was, was another highlight for me. Some of the group numbers were a lot of fun to watch and great choreography. Certainly, also a lot of very yeah. In fact, I would say especially some of the individual dancers um, who could also sing. I assume, unless they were uh, using someone else's voice, but they were the the, the dancing was was fun and and I'm not again I'm not a dancer but to me it was it was awesome and well done that was one of the highlights for me. Well, stand aside, David, <laughs> as a as a the true dancer of this podcast. I I myself am an aficionado, but um, 
Yes, I, I, I actually did enjoy the dancing of this film. Uh, I felt that a lot of character yeah. development actually came within the dancing, which doesn't always happen. It, it should, but there were a lot of different styles attached to different actors and... That felt very individualistic, and and I got to give a uh, it wasn't styled within you know so if you go watch the movie Cabaret, they're all dancing within the same Fosse style, right? So there's not necessarily a lot of nuance per se within each individual person, and and if they have their own dancing style. But because we have so many actors such as Meryl Streep, James Corden, N- Nicole Kidman, again, this was a very a very finely tuned cast at the top. I felt like each one of them brought their own talent in and it, and it showed when we go to the kids and they're asking out uh, different people yeah. to the prom we're getting break dancing we're getting stop mo- you know we're getting a lot of mixed a pop, in with you know move your body at one with, at a time Broadway, and a Broadway lot more style, is, high speed which is really cool and i actually really liked the scene uh, Abs- Nicole Kidman Abs- scene yes with um with with Joe Joe Ellen Pelman yeah with with em, the character uh, Emma, Emma. That that scene in the house where they're, yeah, where they're dancing, Pullman, yes. it's almost like a, a tribute to 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 Broadway, um, and that was really fun. Fun to see Nicole Kidman; she can move, you know. Oh yeah, but... oh yeah, she she's she's a veteran of of the musical movie at least. I'm I'm not entirely sure of the stage, but at least for the musical movie genre. Um, but you're right, absolutely. Uh, Nicole Kidman felt like she danced her own way, uh, as well as Meryl Streep felt. Uh, um, a little right, more yeah, sure. older Broadway. Uh, I'll, I'll put that as delicately as I can. J- James Corden was a lot of uh, zazz and jazz hands, which is which is fine. And then uh, even you know Keegan Michael Key was just kept in the background, which again everybody felt appropriate within their role, which is fine, which is totally good. Um, and it felt incredibly stylistic. And I think for my part. <laughs> My my uh, my best and worst specific note of the film comes from "Love Thy Neighbor," um, and that whole dance sequence was actually quite stupendous. From from the group number that it was to the setting to utilizing where you're from or where you are in the moment, you know, having the the fountain and making it this big spectacle that that's on film, captured on film. Um, dancing wise, cannot say enough about how good I thought that was choreographed. Um, well well done. Um, but I guess that's not all that a musical is. It's not just dancing necessarily, um, especially in this film. It's okay, certainly so singing and, and songs to be considered. And <laughs> we are, we are. I was trying to do it as smoothly as possible, but you caught me. Um, okay, so hmm, it, this is so, going to be incredibly hard to separate my overall thoughts from the music. And it's because of this. I feel the same way about the music as I kind of feel about the overarching theme, which is in the be- this film takes about 30 minutes to get where it needs to. And then even then, probably an hour, 30 minutes to an hour, somewhere in there, it will get to where it is. And I don't think any of the songs within the first 30 to maybe an hour really don't particularly advance the plot yeah. or have a strong message. I just feel like they're filler songs to just kind of get in. And I, they're not particularly memorable. Overall, as a whole, okay, I think so, I remember so that was gonna be my question Love Thy Neighbor was, and maybe one number? other song. And even that... I, yeah, I was right, going to yeah, My favorite number was probably yeah, Love Thy number, Neighbor. Love Thy Neighbor. Probably. And um, so let's... let's uh, what we liked about the music, and then we'll get on to what we didn't like, because I've got a few notes there as well. 
Um, I, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> what I liked about the music, um, yeah, I, I liked that again, much like the choreography, I felt like each song was actually catered to who sung it. Um, I didn't feel like any one of them were reaching. I mean, sometimes whenever you see like, like Les Mis on screen, obviously that wasn't necessarily, that wasn't catered to Hugh Jackman, but whenever you see something like The Greatest Showman, that felt a little bit more catered to what would pronounce and be showcasing of Hugh Jackman's talent, as opposed to Les Mis, which isn't necessarily built or written for Hugh Jackman. Something like this, though, it felt like everybody was appropriately written for and had a song that that fit the person. Uh, Andrew uh, Rannells, of course, the originator of the the top character in the Book of Mormon, the Broadway show, um, had, had had a bunch of comedic songs that I think really did well to fit his character, fit him as an actor. He was, and he was, of course, just sorry, sounded absolutely lovely. Uh, even some... Oh, I, I was just going to say, even somebody like Kerry Washington and Keegan michael Key, both of whom I was incredibly surprised uh, could, could or did or would even attempt to sing, uh, had good small little moments that were like, oh, wow, they sing good, good. I don't want to hear them have like a, a tremendous lot to sing but good 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 i'm glad that they were involved yeah and uh i actually i i did want to talk a little bit about uh andrew rannells i i wanted to say that he was my favorite not necessarily my favorite actor in the film yes. but certainly by far and away my favorite performer i think yes. he was just the most captivating explain in, in, yeah i was gonna say explain that that difference because he wasn't yeah so i mean meryl streep it's hard to compete with meryl streep and Kerry washington as as they had some really really nice moments like i just i cannot find a fault with meryl streep's acting like i cannot there's not a single second where i don't believe her and the same Absolutely. goes for Kerry washington just insane the level i you know I, I, absolute role models but as a performer singing you know singing and dancing and and just being captivating during the musical numbers and in other scenes as well Andrew Reynolds just awesome so so much fun and and that comes from someone who someone being me who hasn't always enjoyed Andrew Reynolds like i was watching how i met your mother a rewatching it a few months ago and he has a, a couple episodes in that show and I still didn't like him in that, but, but wow, this, like, he's just, as a performer, just so good, and, and that's not to say he's, he's a bad actor, he's a great actor, it really, really is, but, but as a performer, so captivating, love watching him, um, I, okay, so, now I want to sort of go into, oh, actually, no, Love Thy Neighbor, I wanted to say, awesome subject matter in an awesome song, the, just calling out, you know, hypocrites. It was very satisfying to watch. Um, that being said, my criticism is that that it it kind of assumes that everyone in the audience is a Christian in the way. Just it kind of, and that bothered me a little bit. I see. That's that's a more nuanced point of what I was going to say. I just it, it felt to me like a overproduced PSA video. Um, and again, that's that's fine. That's it. It does what it does, and it, and again, it's it's quite well done, quite well sung, every uh, obviously well choreographed. But at the same time, it it assumes it assumes that 
either the audience that's within the the mall per se is just like you're just fighting bigotry on the level of Christianity, which I I, I can see is it's probably the focal point, like the biggest point to be argued down from, because obviously there are people that are just intolerant I, and yeah, yeah, I, go ahead. I want I actually think I can I can sum up Ooh. Love Thy Neighbor pretty pretty nicely. It's that it's basically someone turned <laughs> that that Facebook post that you've seen a thousand times into a song. You know where where it references people uh, using the Bible to justify their morality, and then lists a bunch of things from the Bible that people do every day and and calls them out for their hypocrisy. It's that Facebook post or meme. And it's someone went and took, turned it into a song, a musical number. Absolutely. And I, and I think that that song alone, <laughs> a, a lot of these solo songs felt like they were there simply to justify the, the existence or being of, of an actor being added to the, to the cast. And that, that song alone, I think, justifies Andrew Reynolds' place, even though he was obviously both of our favorite performer in this film. Uh, And something like Nicole Kidman's song also, I think, justifies her because outside of that one song, you could argue what was the point of having Nicole Kidman. Um, But... Yeah, uh, I was was waiting for her to to play a role in this plot. uh, And it came. It came. It came, yeah. It it, it was there. Um, But yeah, as far as... So we can can both uh, concur that Love Thy Neighbor stands alone as probably... As both the most memorable song and the best song in the film, but at the same time, I, I kind of actually kind of see that as an indictment of the film. That because it because that film stands at at the top of the mountain, I I actually don't think in a bet in a stronger film that would. I think that it would be a nice another song in in a album full of good songs. But the fact that that one kind of stands up kind of stands, stands as a criticism to the other songs. I, I even think my second favorite is probably the Keegan Michael Key song, and that's mostly because of the acting of Keegan Michael Key, the 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 inflection within his voice that's found there. It's not even about singing for me on that one. It was just more of I enjoyed the storytelling, the composition of the of the of the film uh, to accompany the song. Um, but other than yeah, and that might have something to do. Sorry, go on. No, no, no. And and I just think that that that's a very that that's a very nice song. Again, though, I I don't know that it's in in another film or a musical uh, such as this. It would be even either of those would be my top two in another film or musical. Your your point. Um, I was going to say that might be because there there were some actors in this film that do a great job of 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 acting while they sing, and and those actors are the big name actors. And I have this really big problem. This is a huge criticism for me. Of this movie is I have a really big problem when when musical theater actors forget to act while they're singing I think it's a trend in musical theater where you get so caught up in the fact that you're in a musical you're on stage you're you're performing on stage or on screen and and you forget that you actually have to act during your your number for example in, in the in Emma's first song uh, breathe Emma yay positivity great but but why why was she so happy like it's it's kind of a tense yeah it's a tense time for her character she's going through a lot and and it's stressful and she might you know she's she's being scrutinized and discriminated against and she's like smiling and beaming and like i i love the positivity i do but but it didn't make any sense that's Uh, that's can i be perfectly frank and this is this is not anything but i honestly 
did not I enjoyed her singing probably the most out of anybody on the yeah, film. She's got a great great yeah. voice, great yeah. voice. But at the same time, I honestly I questioned it, it was so bad for me that I honestly questioned whether or not it was her face structure because I I kept on seeing her smile at and it was such a fallback choice for her consistently throughout the entire film yeah. that I honestly yeah, yeah, questioned absolutely. whether or not it was just her face structure and because of I mean she has great teeth. I honestly was wondering if it's just like am I just is any emotion that she's going to carry just be that smile because of how dazzling it is? Because certain people have such great smiles. Like, I don't know, if you th- if you think of Magic Johnson, because you were in L.A., so I'd imagine you, you have some recollection of who he is. Some people just have such dazzling smiles that it kind of becomes a personality trait for them. Like, they become associated with that. I wonder if that's just part of who she is, because it was so prevalent in, in each and every acting choice and scene. I was just I was just taken aback to how it could be consistently there, even in inappropriately timed uh, moments. You know, I, I, I think it was, there was, unfortunately, as a, as a big criticism, I, I think it was a trend in the younger actors in yes. this film. The, who, I, and I commend the casting and, and you know, Ryan, is it Ryan Murphy? For, yeah. For casting musically, musically trained, so musical theater trained actors in this in the film because for example beauty and the beast disney's live action remake they cast big names not people with musical theater training and I, it's 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 irritating because some people have training for this and and are you know have trained for years to be in musicals and then they give it to someone who who's a, an actor who can sing you know um, so great job there, but but the acting was a was a real. Unf- I'm kind of stepping on my own point here, but a real drawback for me yeah. on, on that level, at least. You know, I thought Meryl Streep was great, Kerry Washington was great, all of those big names, Nicole Kidman and and James Corden. I was really really scrutinizing James Corden's American accent because on the on the Late Late Show, he he never does one. Like he he sort of avoids impersonating Americans for the most part. But he did a good job. Like he played the character really well, and and I enjoyed his performance. But like the young on the young side, all the younger actors, great some great dancers, amazing amazing singers, like some really nice oh, voices. Yeah. But but not so strong on the on the acting. It was a huge issue for me. And um, and that the, the the smiling, like you said, and the and the the movie cry. You know that where where they they um. There's a there's a breakup and like the two tears fall in unison from the from the eyes and, yeah and it's it's just so like that's it, I I just can't stand it since we since we're on the subject of act, act acting um obviously I think it's without it's so frustrating for Meryl Streep in this film I I only say that because her acting is just so f- it, it feels almost effortless it's effortlessly good and it, uh, not even good it's effortlessly it great and and i it was such a dichotomy for me between when she's singing acting uh versus just regular acting whenever she was in a moment or a scene where she's just acting Oh, she just blows away and and compliments whoever she's with so well and makes just such good choices like when she was in a in her scene uh, in the room alone with James Corden for uh rom-com Fridays that was just an absolute favorite scene for me and I I just I bless Meryl Streep with with everything that she has and possesses for her talent but when we juxtapose that with the the singing and the and the and her performance while singing and acting 
I don't know. I just wasn't as maybe it's because of how great of an actress she is that I I now I'm comparing her to herself. But her singing and acting, I just I wasn't that big of a fan of. Um, but it, okay, but yeah. What what what? what I didn't be? so much pick up on that, but um, and then I I wasn't looking for it either. So yeah, and then when we get to Nicole Kidman, she had like three different accents throughout the entire film. I don't know if you picked up on that. <laughs> I didn't notice that. Yeah, go go and ch- I think sometimes she had three different accents within even one scene. Sometimes I like, hey. look. If you think I'm gonna watch this movie again, spoiler alert. I'm not. No, Hoffman, I want you to go back and <laughs> and watch Nicole Kidman specifically. Um uh, which is not not a bad not a bad assignment. Um but Well, probably like a probably like a 15 minute commitment that. Right, right. And you're absolutely right. No need to regurgitate what you said about the younger musically musical theater kids. Um exactly on point. Um let's move to the writing/overall thoughts, which for me are synonymous um, and again, I, I mentioned this before, first 30 to f- hour of the film, just almost completely, I'd say even just burn it. Just no, no need really. Cause on, when you look at the, yeah, it's, when it's you, not, it's not strong. It, the writing overall is not very strong. It's, no, no. Uh, when you look at, at the first hour to hour and a uh, hour to half an hour of the film, for one, the premise is actually a little weird when you think about it. I, I, I've eventually reached a point where I no longer questioned it just to get through, but it was still a little weird of a premise. So when yeah. when we go to that weird premise and we look into the backstory of it, it made it even weirder. And when we're talking about the beginning is mostly songs to set up stuff. I enjoyed the Eleanor beginning with J- James Corden. <laughs> I, I did too, actually. I, yeah. I enjoyed that, but once we got out of that and it's now a, a flop, I, I didn't... From then until the point of, of the... till the Broadway stars have reached their first defeat in Indiana. Not even them arriving, but their first defeat. I really have not... I didn't enjoy or remember much of anything within there. No. Outside, outside of the Tony joke, which was quite, was incredibly funny. I'd love that. You mean in the, in the hotel or? Absolutely. That was, that was pristine, wonderful, wonderful writing, acting, all of it. Enjoy. (laughs) Yeah. I, um, I, yeah, I thought the overall premise of the film the during the first like eventually i got it i think that this film it has a lot to offer for um for people of the lgbtq community i think that seeing this you know can empower people of that community and and can i ask you a question in that about sense, that it's David? great but but yeah go ahead i i felt i felt like this film was a was pretty much an already done, I've seen this a million times, not even just a couple times, I've seen this a million times, rom-com, but at, and, and but it was just the only twist was that it was a, a, a lesbian or LGBTQT uh, story at the helm. That was like the only addition to it, which is, in the one, on the one hand, I'm kind of glad that that's so normalized that it's going to be... Like it's it's a normal stand stand a run of the mill film, but on the other hand, I felt that it was weird to have so much inclusion within the casting of of the of the school and even Keegan Michael uh, Keys as the principal, uh, but yet at the same time there was so much inclusion within that community that we were 
shown. But at the same time, they were really cracking down on on uh, bigotry on on uh, homosexuality. I it didn't necessarily mesh for me. I, did did you get any of those vibes? Well, I, I you know I don't think the 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 purpose of this film was to normalize it, but rather to okay. Uh, the what I was getting at was what this film is is a lecture from liberal Hollywood. And not that that's right. like Oh yeah, I'm, no, I mean it was I'm, completely I'm behind the I'm behind the message completely. I think it's great, I think it's important. But it's a lecture from liberal Hollywood. The thing is though, is that the film knows that and they acknowledge it in the film. They they sort of make they make a joke about it. Which I was like, okay, cool. At least you know what you're doing. But at the end of the day, what this film was, the message that they're presenting, who's it for? Because everyone (laughs) who agrees, the people who are watching this movie generally are going to agree with the message and don't need to hear the message. And the people who the message is really for, uh, bigots, just to say it, I guess, bigots, they're not, they don't want to watch this film. They have no interest in seeing this film. They're not going to. They see The Prom and 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 they read the the little caption on Netflix and they scroll right past it. Yeah. So, who's this movie actually for? It is very in your face. You know, the message is right there like you know, just being shoved down your throat and not again, I'm not saying I don't agree with the message, but like it I don't know who it's for. I don't know who you're trying to convince because everyone who's watching this movie probably already agrees with you. That's absolutely now, That's absolutely true. It's a succinct now, and towards I agree. the end of the film towards the end of the film I sort of I, I I understood that what they were doing really was was making a film to to I guess make members of the LGBTQ community feel like they have a place. And I think that that in its that in itself is important. So in that sense yeah, I think this movie has has a has a an important role, I guess. Yeah, I. Um, it's it's certainly it's a weird movie to place because I think it goes through weird, weird twists and turns that aren't even enjoyable to go through necessarily. And at, after a certain point, you're just questioning your purpose of watching the film because, albeit Meryl Streep's acting her butt off, you can still be questioning of, well. What 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 am I watching this for? What is the what? Yeah, what, like, what, yeah. What what is this movie really doing? Uh, I don't know. Okay, what I I did what I enjoyed overall thoughts. Now, yeah, I it was fun to see big stars having fun because Meryl Streep, it like well, like you said earlier, it seems effortless. I think it is effortless. If you've seen Sophie's Choice, anything after that is oh is, yeah, it's a cakewalk. So I, it's fun to see those big stars doing something that I think that they're really having fun with. Um, and it's, um, again, like, I guess an, an important message. Um, I didn't love the ending. I thought it was very musically. Things sort of work out all of a sudden. Right. Um, Kerry Washington is, yeah, I, I'm not a big fan of that. Um, but again, the message is good. I had, I had a huge problem. Did you not think that they did a really poor job of blending the dialogue with the singing? Yeah. It, I, like I'm not I'm not an idiot. I know that obviously they're not singing for the camera. They do use tr- they record you know and then they use the track. But at the same time, like 
you could at least make it seem like there's like a sort of a, a seamless transition between where, where they're talking and singing. Or what, just what so... did it for me was all of a sudden, Car- uh, her, the Carrie Washington walks in as her mom after this big public out- outage and everybody at the prom stops to look at her? I, what? And they're watching that private moment. Yeah, what? no, that was That felt terrible. completely disingenuous. Like that was the biggest out of a, out of a full movie, which there are a couple moments that could that could be taken out that would that just felt like a poor poor choice yeah it it, it was it completely nonsensical it, it but even just the fact that like they didn't give her any time they didn't give Kerry washington any time to grow after finding out what she finds out you know it's like i mean let alone clear, I mean, the whole movie she's against it and all of a sudden she she's got like 10 seconds to suddenly be accepting and okay with everything. And let's be reasonable here. She gets into that dress, that knockout dress, and she did her hair to the to the umph degree, which looks fabulous. Absolutely fantastic. But it took her all that time. In order to do that, she needed to have left with the idea to be, oh, I'm going to be ready tonight for this prom. And, and okay, now that we're now that we're we're criticizing. Yeah. Why did everyone walk everyone walked into the 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 prom setup? And they were like, oh my god, wow, it's amazing. <laughs> every single it, every, person. Emma, her date, um, all the students, all the Broadway stars. Who set it up? If, if like, who? How did nobody know what it looked like before they all walked in? <laughs> yeah. It's, it's just like... And it looked like a Drake music stupid, video. Stupid, stupid things that, that ruin movies, you know? And also, on a, on a more, like, writing note, the timing seemed a little wonky, did it not? For me, it did. I One moment they're during the day and then they're back at night, but a day didn't pass. So I think that they just went back yeah, in time. It was very wonky with the timeline. It played loose, fast and loose with those a lot of the times. Um, yeah, I... <sighs> I, I yeah I, I there's a lot of critiques that I can go over. Is, is anything else that you want to hit before we get to our final thoughts and and ranking? Mm, I I would just be yeah. ranting. I think so. I, let's let's I, move on. All right. Uh, okay. So let's let's hit it on the nose here. Would you recommend this film, David Hoffman, to be watched? Look, I I think this film is for people who studied musical theater at college so if you did yes yes you should watch this film but i'm not no i'm not gonna go recommending this film like i it's i I put it on i watched it today i barely remember any of the songs except love thy neighbor and breathe emma because i wrote it down i guess um and yeah like i put it on and my both my parents were sitting with me and like i just felt sort of like weird because I knew no one was enjoying it that much, you know, especially... I So, no, no, is my answer. I'm not... I don't really recommend this film. And would you re-watch it? No, no. Agreed. No. Completely agreed <laughs> on both fronts. Cannot If you are nostalgic... More. If you're nostalgic for the musical movie, the, the, you know, the traditional sort of... Then, yeah, maybe give it a watch. But otherwise, no. All right, well, that's going to do it for Chopped Greens this episode. I'm your host, Philip Amrine, joined by... David Hoffman. Double the F, double the N. Find me at David Hoffman underscore actor on Instagram. Thank you so much for listening, and join us for new episodes and another episode tomorrow. Adios.